Hello and welcome to this week's therapy for me and I've got to the end of the week and that that makes it sound like it's been a really tough week and I don't know if it's been a really, it seems to have been a really packed week. I don't seem to have had a moment to to catch five minutes or to, you know, to sit down or 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 I'll do the sort of customary catch my breath. So it's been it's been one of those sort of weeks, but but we've got there. Um and and we're Friday home stretch and I'm very much looking forward to a glass of wine. But I'll do this first. I won't do this whilst on the influence. So um let's kick off and let's start with a little bit of that uh, that twangy guitar. <laughs> It's reopening day. Um, it's the it's the third in the lockdown um, days of opening, or of, of new phases of lockdown uh, being new phases of lockdown being unopened. That doesn't work, does it? In the in the the third phase of unlocking, should we try that? Yeah, that works. So it's the third phase of unlocking um, today, and um, what it meant was I was introduced to a new phrase this morning. It reminded me of how many phrases there are that are specific to um, different sectors and to different, particularly different commercial sectors. And they start to use a particular phrase um, to describe a certain situation in as obviously as few words as possible. And I was introduced to a new one today. So uh, I was listening to an article on Radio 4 and they were talking about um, pubs reopening and hospitality reopening. And they were saying that it's still not even allowing people to be within an environment with the the distancing required. It still means that certain businesses won't be viable, um, you know, in the short term. Because if you take pubs um, as an example, then the pubs require what they term as vertical drinking. And of course, vertical drinking just means people stood at a bar having a drink. So as opposed to being seated and sat down, they are standing, maybe not even in the bar. Somewhere within the pub, you are standing up so that to be the outside. And I know you see these shots of pubs, you know, London pubs with people outside. It's a very common thing. Um, Or whether it's just being stood up within a bar, then then they refer to that as vertical drinking. And I didn't even know that existed. So that when it was first mentioned in this in this um, this 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 Radio Four report, it took a few seconds for it to log, and then for me to work out, oh, well, that's what they're talking about when they talk to talk about vertical drinking. Now, what I didn't find out is whether the alternative is sedentary drinking, which I suppose is the obvious term. So I might have to see if I can do some research to find out what the alternative is. But the whole concept of vertical drink, I thought was I thought it was quite nice. I thought it was nice that they found a way of describing something. Um, in that kind of very um, professional, you know, kind of way, uh, which I th- which I thought was really great. Now, what it it did lead on to, it, it led on to me thinking, do I actually want to go and sit down somewhere and have a beer or have a cup of coffee? Now I can go inside an environment and actually sit down and stay. And I'm not sure whether I I do. I don't know if I'm I'm ready for that or or not. I mean, it's nice to have, you know, a flat white out of a out of a cup and saucer. I think that's I think that's you know that's that's is the thing that's being missed. I've got a bit bored of drinking it in takeaway cups, but do I want to actually do that physically inside? I don't know whether I'd maybe err towards places where I can do that outside. 
for the time being. That might actually feel more comfortable to me in the, you know, in the in the in the short run. So, um, and I think I'm a long way away from vertical drinking because vertical drinking sounds like you're all very close together. So. Maybe this talk of vertical drinking has been, okay, that's where the profit is. I get that because you've got more people in the establishment because you would assume that all the seats are taken. But it's it's even when that's allowed, will be will we be ready to go and embrace that quite as, as quickly as maybe the businesses require us to get themselves back into profitability? And I'm not altogether sure. Tuesday. Okay, so the idea that came around today was the concept of a Mexican wave on a Zoom call. Now, the problem, I guess, with Mexican wave on a Zoom call is that not everybody's screen looks like everybody else's. So maybe you'd have to record it. One person would have to organise it and record it and then be able to play it back to everybody else to see if it would work. And there'd be some idea about where you actually start and where you finish. Um, I think what you'd have to do is you'd have to give people numbers. So you'd have to. So let's say, let's say, unless everybody knew each other on the call, let's say that you would have to say you'd have to give every number and say, right, well, you know, almost shout your number out, or you're just going to have to count as we go, just to work out who you go after, because it wouldn't work in a sequence in the way. Obviously, it works in real life, but I think if you could get it to work, and I'm thinking that maybe nine or twelve would be a good number. Um, or maybe even 16, actually, four fours. And then you started at the top left-hand corner and, and the first person did a wave. And then, you, you know, you worked along the top row and then you went down the edge of the top row and you went back. A little bit like the old-fashioned video games where you'd climb up, things like Chucky Egg, where you'd climb up and you'd go layer by layer and you'd go and across and down. So maybe that might work. And if if four rows would be across, then down and back, then across, then down and back, then across. Now, maybe that wouldn't work as well. Maybe three rows might work better. But you you give everybody a number based on one person in the middle screen. And then uh, I, I suppose the other thing you could do is ask everybody to reorder their screen. Yeah, because you can reorder screens on Zoom. So you could ask everybody to make their screens look identical. That would work better. So make everybody look, get their screen to look identical. And then you start in the top left-hand corner and you go along the line. And when you get to the end of the line, you drop directly down. And then you go back and you drop directly down. And when you get to the far bottom corner, you go back to the top and you start again. So I think a Mexican wave on Zoom would really, really work. I think it'd be a great uh, icebreaker if you're doing Zooms with people that you don't that you don't know. Um, we tried it on a on a call of four people and it and it worked. But I think compared with say a call of nine, I think that'd be I think that'd be fantastic. So you heard it here first. Mexican waves on Zoom calls. See if you've got an opportunity through the course of your week to try it. Let me know if it if it works. I think it will, but I think you will need to do that thing where everybody reorders their screen so everybody's screen looks the same, which you, you can do. You just drag the boxes. You just drag literally drag the square to wherever you want it to be and then drop it. So it should be a case of being able to to work it and make it and make it really, really fly. Don't ask me where it come from. It's it just one of those things that came up in conversation, as these things do. But you, you know me by now. Little things like that really appeal to me. So um, so I'm setting over the challenge. Uh, and if you can get evidence of it, if you can get it, if you can record, if you've recorded a meeting and you can get the video of it, even even better. 
Um, and I don't know, let's see if we can make Mexican waves on Zoom meetings a thing. Wednesday. What is going on with foreign travel? What is going on with red, green, amber? Um, there seems to be an inordinate amount of confusion um, based around the fact that different government ministers seem to be telling the general public different things at different points in time. Um, and of course, it also comes down to probably the fact that most of the public don't really understand what to do with a set of traffic lights, which is worrying in of itself. If we're using traffic night light analogies or we're using the whole concept of understanding traffic lights to then um, instruct us how to lead another part of our lives, then it doesn't bode well that a lot of people seem to think that you go on amber um, or that maybe you stop on amber. We, we, we're not quite sure. Um, it seems a little bit weird having a traffic light system also for the whole concept of where you can or can't go. Because if you're on the amber list of countries, what does that technically mean? Green means you can go and red means you can't. What we found out this week is that amber can means you can go or at the same time means you can't go. Um, so what's the point of amber? Why don't we just have red and green? Why are we even messing about with the amber? If something's in amber, does that mean you're preparing to go? I mean, we we've got flights booked to Spain at the you know at the end towards the end of the summer. Now that Spain's in the amber list, does that mean we can prepare to go to Spain later on? Because the thing with amber is that amber at some point does change to either red or it changes to green, and then there's the problem: which direction of a, is a country in amber going? Because in a traffic light sequence, it makes perfect sense. If it's red, it goes red, red, amber, green. And then it goes green, amber, red. That's how it works. That's how you know which way it's going to go. But the traffic light system for the holiday destinations or what countries you can travel to doesn't actually work like that. So as a piece of messaging, it's it's bonkers. It makes no sense whatsoever. Surely just red and green would have absolutely nailed what needed what needed to be done. Um so yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know where that puts us. I don't know if that means that I'm going on holiday or not. I'm not going on holiday, or I'm preparing to go on holiday. I'm I'm really not quite sure. But it's been a it's been a colossal colossal uh, cock up. And of course, where it all then falls down is that irrespective of whether you're the country you're travelling. And by the way, what it seems to be is it doesn't really matter. You whether it's red, amber, or green really doesn't talk about whether you can go. It talks about what happens when you get back. Or what happens when you get there in terms of what you have to do before you can do your onward travel. So we've now got we've now got people flying into the UK from green, amber, and red countries. Um, but when they get here, they all appear to be standing in the same line, or at least standing very close together with no social distancing. So in that respect, what's the point? If you're going to get off a flight from Portugal, which apparently is green. And you've done the test and that's fine. And you've paid for the test when you come back and that's all fine. But then you end up standing in the queue with somebody who's come from a country that's on the red list. Then really, what's the point? I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand that bit of the equation either. And then, of course, what we can throw in there to make it even more interesting is that some of these countries that are red or amber, as far as the UK is concerned, are green when you get to the other end. So what you have to do when you get off a plane at one end is different to what you have to do when you get off a plane at the other. Um, are you confused yet? Because I seem to be very confused about this and I don't quite understand what 
is going on. And more importantly, I don't quite understand how we've found ourselves here. Will somebody just make a decision and tell people what they are or aren't allowed to do? Thursday. Okay, here's the interesting fact that I found out today. I found out today that the sales of knit combs and knit shampoo are down. And also the sales of um, Lemsip and Night Nurse and anything like that are also down. So when you look into the health and beauty sales, you would have thought that health and beauty sales wouldn't have been affected by the pandemic. And of course, in terms of things like hair, you know, hair gel and deodorant and those kind of things, then they're not. They're not, if anything, those kind of sales have actually gone relatively well. People have been treating themselves to slightly more expensive variants than they would normally have done. But when you look at the health and beauty spend, uh, and I was on a right background to this, I just happened to be on a webinar that was going through some retail trends. And um, as part of the work that I do for the MIA, then I also do a lot of work with the BRC, which is the British Retail Consortium, and they do some really, really interesting reporting. So I, I logged into a webinar today just to get an update on, on some of the retail trends and the things that were going on, you know, in the high street and also some of the um, things that were going on, um, you know, in, in terms of category sales and what have you. So um, when they, 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 the health and beauty came up and I was surprised that health and beauty sales had, had gone down. I would have expected that to have been something that would have continued through. But here's the point. It's the health side of things that's gone down. Because what's happened is a lot of things that are obviously happened as a form of because of interaction, they've, they've stopped. So knits is less of a thing than it was because for large periods of the year the schools and the after school clubs have been have been closed colds and to a certain extent flu have have largely disappeared because the social interaction which would carry those diseases hasn't been happening and in reality a lot of those medications haven't been the same for um, for you know, for COVID. So yes, there's been some pain relief for COVID, obviously, but it's the the the, the low level colds and all those things have have, have, have you know have, to a certain extent have disappeared. And the other reason why a lot of them disappeared is because a lot of people are getting exercise and fresh air, and a lot of that stuff is is not is not replicating in the way that it used to it used to replicate. So of the things that I I've learned, my takeaway from today is um, those little things that. You don't think of necessarily straight away. But then when somebody says, well, it's because of this, then you go, well, yeah, of course it is. Of course, of course, that will have been, you know, um, a change based on the on the pandemic. But I don't know. You, you don't you don't really give it don't really give it an enormous amount of, of thought. Um, the other thing that happened today was, I mean, there's other things that have happened. I broke off from watching the film Taken with Liam Neeson um, to go and join this BRC uh, webinar. And uh, and then went back and finished watching um, and finished watching um, the, the the Liam Neeson film. Now, I've known about Taken for ages. I didn't realise it was a Luke Besson film, so I didn't and I didn't expect expect a large portion of it to be taking place in um, in Paris. I I kind of had it in my head it was more of a, an LA type thing. I didn't think it was a uh, it was a, a European thing. Um, there are definitely echoes of Bourne, particularly the very first Bourne. Uh, there's huge echoes of of that in it. Um, but I was I was kind of surprised it wasn't the film I was ex I was expecting it 
to be. Uh, I don't know if Liam Neeson makes a, a good action, action hero or not. I know the whole, uh, the way he talks and what have you, that that kind of menacing tone definitely worked. And I mean, and and it's and it's beyond believable. It's it's ridiculous in terms of how you know the plots all over the place and those kind of things. But as a piece, but as ninety minutes worth of hokum, it's it's not a bad ninety minutes worth of of hokum. But it just wasn't the film, you know. It's kind of dropped into that pantheon now, you know, a bit like things like Born and Die Hard. And then when you actually do get around to seeing it, it you realise it, it isn't quite what you what you thought it it would be. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd rush to see it again, um, but, but but it's another one ticked off the list. Friday, I got my second jab. Um, I got my second jab early and I know the plan is that everybody gets their second uh, jab early in an attempt to get us, I, I think, in a better place with regard to this new variant that's come in. But um, there's a message went on the Facebook group uh, for the uh, vaccine centre in the village just to say that they'd released a load of new appointments. And you go on and there's a slight moment because you have to cancel your existing second jab appointment before it allow, it releases you to, to, to book a, a new one. So there's that little trepidatious moment where you you know you 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 cancel the jab that you've got booked in um but then you log back in and um you know and you you find in, in in the case of me there were appointments literally available the next day so uh, i booked in i ended up getting it um 3 weeks early uh, it was 9 weeks to the day that i'd had the uh, the first one in for the second one um and as as the first time it was you know it was absolutely like clockwork uh, popped in um you know, everybody was was ready. There was there was people waiting to. There were literally, I mean, it, it was all it, <laughs> it was almost vampire esque. The, the this collection of of, of people doing these uh, vaccinations, or I guess we're all uh, retired nurses or what have you. I don't know, but they they were sort of stood there, all 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 grey haired and ready to to pounce on you and 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 jab you at a moment's notice. Um, you know, it was it was. Or, as I say, almost a little vampire esque. Um, but no, went in, um, had a had a had a two second chat with a nurse. Um, asked me about um, whether I'd had sort of symptoms after the first one, which I sort of said, well, I felt groggy for about twenty four hours, and that obviously she said, well, that's that's kind of the norm. That really is the most common sort of reaction is kind of a twenty four hour meh afterwards. And she sort of said that most people were 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 saying that there, there wasn't much of a a reaction to the second one, and then, of course, as with the first one, literally didn't feel the thing. It was just done in done in a, in a nanosecond. It must be a relatively small amount of, you know, a vaccine they actually put into you because it was in and out in just no time at all. Um, and and to be fair, to be fair, this time nothing uh, had the had it had the jab yesterday. Um, you know, woke up with a splitting headache, but that could have been anything. So I went out for a run, and by the time I came back and had a bit of breakfast and took a couple of ibuprofen, and the, and the headache just disappeared. I've been absolutely fine all day, um, and 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 that's it, I guess, until until we find out what's going on with 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 boosters. It was efficient, and if anything, a little anticlimactic. But at the same time, you know, you you feel better that it's it's been done. But it isn't, you know, it would have been quite nice to have walked out the vaccination centre to a firework display. But I guess to have organised that for everybody would have been would have been. I mean, obviously, I think I'm a bit I'm 
special. But I suppose that's not the view taken by, well, actually anybody else. Let's be honest. So, um, so yeah, that's all. That's all done, and that's all got over with. And the rest of the day's been um, been quite mundane. I suppose not been mundane, but it's just it's you know. It, it's it's been kind of just a normal a normal sort of sort of day uh, i'm conscious i could now segue and get very exercised about the whole bbc diana and the fact that this has just become red meat for the right, the right wing press and everybody who's anybody is is deciding that they need to 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 jump in and bash the bbc at this point and of course the irony of people who have shown no journalistic standards or actually hounded diana through a life now calling out the bbc for its behavior is you know it, it's so thick you could trip on it but i'm not going to go there because I'd, i'll end up winding myself up and I'll end up ranting and at the moment we've got an episode that's about 21 minutes long which is a nice sort of length and if I go down this path it's going to be thick end of half an hour and you'll have got bored of my voice so we'll call it a day we'll call it a day there let's end on let's end on a second jab and a and a a bit of a positive and you know hopefully the rain's going to stop tomorrow let's just see what the let's see what the weekend brings and i've always de- i've already decided what the episode's going to be called and i've already decided what the song for the episode's going to be and it's a bit of a guilty pleasure um in fact it's not a bit it's a lot of a guilty pleasure for me so i'm going to i'm going to go that because this is one of those songs that i just still love and i know it's really 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 dated i know that but I still think it's ever so well put together. I think it's a really cool guitar riff. I think it's really, really well, uh, well recorded. So uh, I'm quite happy that I've I've managed to, to to end with something that makes me smile. Even though the reason when you link back and you hear the song and you realise the bit in the podcast that I'm alluding to was a little bit ranty or or is it all about confusion? Uh, at least the song that I'm using as the reference point has made me smile. So anyway, stay safe, and I will speak to you all next week. If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.